Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. We're back. We're back, Tom, after a few weeks away. Um, and it's been an interesting few weeks. Last time we did a pod, we'd just drawn at home to Man City. Since then, obviously, we've had defeat at West Ham, draw against Everton, defeat at Spurs. Two points off the bottom three. It's coming down to the crunch stage of the season. But still in 14th, still plenty to play for, still feeling positive. Tom, first of all, welcome. Hope you're well. Second thing, how are we feeling about the whole thing? It's it's definitely since we last got together to to do this, it's uh, it, it ebbs and flows. I suppose is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, disappointing last few games. I mean, you just said there, uh, you're still positive, still positive. That's you in it. That's you, Mister Positive. Mister Positivity, are you, Mister Positivity? I mean, no. I mean, we all knew this was going to happen, and I think you have to you have to realise that you're going to go through good spells and bad spells. I think, you know, I think the, the, the thing that's that's probably upsetting people the most or frustrating people the most is is the away form. And I think that's led by the by the West Ham game, really. You know, if you if you lose to, to West Ham, which we did, you know, you don't want to lose it in the fashion that we did. And then you don't win at home to Everton, you know, hand in hand together probably has caused a little more disappointment. You'd probably expect to go away to Spurs and lose, but in the circumstances they were in, you would, you know, I think there was a sniff of opportunity there, even though it was probably still unrealistic given our away form and, and who it was. So, look, I mean, there's going to be peaks and troughs. If, you know, we, we've maybe gone through a bit of a, a barren spell in terms of points. Other people have caught up a little bit, but there's no... There's no reason to say that Forrest can't then go through another spell of, of, of picking up points and and the others losing points. I think that's what it's going to be all the way until the end of the season. This ain't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. That is the one thing I do know. This ain't going to be easy. And the fact that we're in the situation we're in with as many teams as there are down there, all as in close proximity to each other as they are, I think at this stage of the season, I mean, it's probably one of the best relegation battles the Premier League's had, which says something about the teams that have come up, I think, because... Yeah because ultimately it would be those teams that would be probably already lost. Mm. I think Forrest, Fulham and Bournemouth have done done themselves credit and done the Championship credit. Fulham, you know, you could probably say they bounced back straight away and obviously, had, you know, and you can see from how they're performing this season that they've had, obviously had a squad capable of performing. Uh, have got a very good manager now in place and obviously they're reaping the rewards. But I think all three sides that have come up are, are giving it a right good go and the fact that there's five points separating the bottom of the Premier League to, to 12, it is going to be an interesting battle. I think we've probably done it. I've certainly sat there and done it now and tried to work out over the last 12, 13 games of the season how many points are going to be required to, to stay up, etc. Um, I just, you can't work it out. It's not going to be a high points tally, though, you don't think, do you? Because everyone talks about 40 points usually required to stay up. But given what we've just said there in terms of the volume of teams involved, the gap that there is now between the, 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 the bottom eight teams, they're all playing each other. 36 points. Forest need to find 10 points, you think, from, from the last 12 games, which I don't think is a surmountable ask for any team down there, really. It's an interesting one. I think the key thing there is, yeah, as you say, it's because we're all playing each other. I mean, I was always working to the to the point of game assumption anyway, so I was always... Looking at 36, I, I potentially think it could, you know, it could be less than that, it could be more than that. It depends how it works out in terms of teams going on little runs. Will teams just keep on picking points against each other in terms of 
you know, like one team picking up points, one losing to you know, then that team picking up points. You know I mean, it, it's going to be interesting because I don't think anyone at the moment is picking up a pattern of play and being confident enough. I mean, everyone's feeling the same. I think Forest fans feel that, that they're alone in the way that they feel. And I think probably it's more so because it's our first season back in the Premier League for so long. And as much as the teams are just in, the fans haven't really talked, spoke, spoken about it so much, but I think all the fans are adjusting more more than anything, to be quite honest. I think we saw that at the start of the season when we went on that really horrible run form. Um, and it was a bit of a shock to the system. But I do think, yeah, I mean, everyone's feeling the same. All the, all the fans across all the other clubs are feeling exactly the same and they all think they're, they're doomed in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, the maybe most negative end of, of, of their fan base. But... Um, they will. They will all just pick up points and and, and lose points, and, and I think that's what's going to make it so interesting. As you say, I can't really can't really find a, a magic number, um, and I think it, it it will just go down to who will go down. You know, will someone just wave the white flag, and will someone go on in a bit of a run of form? At the moment, you can't see anyone doing either. I mean, Wolves have maybe looked slightly stronger than than some of the rest of the pack. I mean, you've now got Palace involved and even though they've been on a tough run of form, you know, we had this conversation, I think, last week or the week before or whatever, but, you know, Palace, even though they do go on what you would look at look at and say is an easier run of form, they'll be playing teams now that will really want to pick up points against them, so that's going to make it harder. If they were a few more points up, then you would probably go, yeah, they're fine anyway, but mm. the fact that they've now been dragged in, it makes that that patch of fixtures more difficult so yeah it's, it's a really difficult one and I think that's where the I think that's where the, the fear lies because I don't think anyone can predict it I don't think no. anyone can even in the championship which is in my opinion one of the most entertaining leagues in the world in terms of its unpredictable nature um, I think yeah, you know in terms of yeah yeah in terms of relegation battles I think in the championship I mean at the championship at the moment the three I think the three teams down there are already kind of looking a little bit adrift, maybe one will come out of it and that's what you'd expect in the Championship, which is why you'd never want to be just outside. But but it's not not to this not to this level. And I think, again, like I say at the start, I don't think this is usual for the Premier League, which which is, again, a, well, it's either, it's either high praise for the teams in it or really low praise for you our break, You can't seem to break away from it, though, can you? So my no. voice is going, I've got a stinky Oof. cold coming on. But um, mm. you can't seem to break away from it. Forrest went on that you know, really good run of form January, February. I think we all started to, <clears throat> I think, probably get really confident that, that, that Forrest were there. Forrest obviously had been on a bad run, but what I would say is, obviously, look, the, the Fulham City game, City where we got a point, obviously, I know West Ham will come on and Everton and we'll talk about it in a minute, but Forrest have had a, a difficult run and, and, and you said a couple of weeks ago on the pod, there will be peaks and troughs, there will be games where Forrest do really well, there'll be periods where Forest don't do so well. Forest will be hoping that this is their, let's say, barren spell and that they can then go on a run that sees them over the line. I, I still think three wins for Forest. If, if Forest can pick up three wins between now and the end of the season, Forest will be fine because they'll pick up a couple of points on the road. Uh, 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 sorry, not on the road, but they'll, <laughs> they'll pick up a couple of points along the way as well. Not, not on the road. Not well, on the road. Definitely not on the road. I reckon three, three to pick up, try and pick up at least three points on the road. Whether that's free draws or whatever, but they've got to pick up some something on the road just to try and alleviate that pressure. But it's it, it, it's 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 ridiculous down the bottom of the Premier League. I would even go as far to say it's more open than a Championship playoff race might might be in recent years. Do you know what I mean? It, it just, well, I think 
I think, yeah, I think, and I think that that is where the fear is coming from again. I think like we are we are trying to predict it, right? You look at that that last run of fixtures we just talked about West Ham, Everton, Spurs. I think people were were hoping that Forest could pick up a, a rare point at least at West Ham, not lose, and they come out losing four 0 And I think a lot of people have probably predicted Forest to, to beat Everton, regardless of we knew it was going to be tougher because of Dyche and how much he knows about Forest, but and, and we know, we know what kind of team they are at the moment because of the scraps they're in and, and what he can bring in terms of that. But I think that's probably where, where the disappointment comes. So then when when people have already got it in their minds that we've lost points as such, even though the, they were never forest points in the first place, you know, when people have that in their minds, that that then means, all right, so we've got to take those points off of what we thought Forest had before and that means relegation. But it, they could easily pick up those points in, in games that, we just don't expect. I think, again, I was talking about teams going on a run of form or, or teams waving the white flag. I think that'll be another big big thing. Can you pick up points in fixtures that you wouldn't have expected? You know, that, that will have helped Bournemouth, for example, last weekend in terms of getting a win uh, against the Liverpool side that were deemed to be more in form after, after absolutely stuffing Man United. You know, that, 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 those bonus points, if you like, that, that could be what takes teams over the line. Forest, yeah, I was going to bring up that was my next point, really, in terms of the, you know, I think we all get, we, we're all guilty of going through the fixture list, and, and a lot there's so much negativity around in the last fortnight. Teams go, you know, there was people I saw on Twitter going, I, I can't see where Forest are going to pick up another point between now and the end of the season. It, it's just ridiculous because Forest will, and, and and you know, if it was as easy as going through a fixture list and going, oh, there's three points, there's a point, there's a loss, etc. It wouldn't be. It'd be easy to predict, and there wouldn't be this sort of race and drama. And and it, football is not that predictable. You talked about the Bournemouth Liverpool game there, but but Forest have done it this season as well, right? Forest have beaten Liverpool at home. Forest have taken the points off City a couple of weeks ago that everyone was lauding as an amazing a bonus point. But but Forest could do that again. Forest at the City ground are a match for anyone, and we'll talk about the the run that they've got coming up and Newcastle on Friday. Forest are a match for anyone. It's it's away from home, really, where it, it's almost chalk and cheese, isn't it? Between Forest home, Forest away. If they can get something, if they can nick something on the road, you would you you would put your your house on Forest being able to get the points required at home. So there's so much to play for. I, I think you can't write any team off down there. It's almost like the Championship, bar probably Arsenal and City. Although Arsenal had a scare against Bournemouth, didn't they last week as well? Everyone seemingly can go into these games and, and, and everyone can beat anyone, um, which is amazing. So it's it's going to be a high drama end to the season. And I think it's a, we just got to strap in and, and try and enjoy the ride and hope hope that Steve Cooper and the, and the boys could obviously get us over the line. Um, <clears throat> before we talk about Spurs, let's just we don't want to dwell on the, the, um, the West Ham and Everton games because everyone's talked about those games to death now. But... Just in terms of, you know, I suppose where that left Forest coming into this weekend. Um, the point against Everton, I think me personally, I saw that as a good point. I think not losing to Everton and especially to back up, I suppose, what was a dreadful afternoon at West Ham. Um, and for Forest to, to come through that game, to show the character, because I think that's what it was against Everton, wasn't it? It was, it was character in terms of, Look, we can talk. We can talk to uh, blue in the face in terms of the goals that Forrest gave away, and the I suppose the, the schoolboy nature of defending on both of those goals. 
both avoidable. Um, but in terms of being able to come from behind twice and get that point and almost go on and look like they could could go on and win the game, I thought that was great, especially after, say, conceding those four goals. And you just don't know how important that point is going to be, do you? The goals that Forrest gave away at West Ham and the goals that they gave away at Everton, and we'll talk about the goals they gave away at Spurs, the thing that's shooting Forrest, well, the thing that's killing Forrest, I mean, is the fact they just consistently shooting themselves in the foot and, and lack of concentration and just giving stupid goals away is what's costing Forrest at the moment. But I think the reaction to West Ham was good. Yes, we wanted three points. It all felt a bit flat afterwards. But I think in the days after that Everton game, I think we could all appreciate, or certainly from my perspective, we could appreciate what a, what a good point that was in the end, especially the fact that Everton went on and won at the weekend and would have overtaken us had they have uh, taken all three. Yeah, I think it was a better point for Forrest than than Everton. That That is the truth. I think whether it's a good point for Forrest, I think it, it goes back to what we've just been talking about. I think... I think obviously huge disappointment after the West Ham game. That it was it was more the nature of it. So so the pressure had risen, I would say. And I, I think that's the problem we've got. We're almost having to go into every home game now and hope, you know, hope to win. Because you, you can't see a point away from home. I know obviously the hope is is that we will somewhere. Um but at the moment you can't see where that's coming. So any game that you don't win at home, regardless of who it's against now, that's the problem you've got. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about upcoming, you know, Newcastle. Uh, it's a difficult fixture, but you've got to hope you've got to win because because that's the, the situation Forest have found themselves in. It was a good point in the end and, and some good individual performances. Obviously, Brennan Johnson had, had a good game. Um, but, you know, it, it's probably more the how Forrest are undoing themselves, as you said, the nature of the goals that they're conceding. It, you know, a newly promoted team, you would expect to probably be making those mistakes. But I think what people are getting worried about is going backwards after what was such a good run of, of, of form. And, you know, performances-wise, you've got to look, I think you've got to look all the way back to, to Leicester at home for, for a, a performance that you went, that was good. I think there were some good spells in the Everton game. Um, but I also thought there was times where where Forest rode their luck and um, and yeah, I think yeah, I mean overall it's it's a better point for Forest than Everton. That's the truth of it. But also at the same time, I understand the disappointment that it was only a point and there was a little bit of uh, you know I felt like coming out of the ground you did it, there was a bit of deflation in, in the air because because. I think it is just that pressure point now, home games. It's almost becoming a point, this is what I'm worried about, you know, it's getting to a point where home home games are, you know, making the city grand fortress, our fans are so good, we seem to step up in home games. But the pressure's going to rise at home now. The, the pressure's really going to rise at home because because we're not picking up points, any points. And not only we're not picking up points, we're conceding tons of goals away from home, that it's only going to make the home games harder. Because, because that pressure is going to rise. That's my only concern, which is why, and you know, we're now in, we're now in March, and there's only a couple of months to sort it. Forest really do need to pull something out away, which is, you know, again where I can see the disappointment for West Ham. Not only be conceded four, but it was against someone again. You know, we're going to talk about Spurs and, and people seeing that as an opportunity going into that West Ham game. I mean, Forest won. They, they were sacking Moyes. They, they were very much on on the cuff, it was one of those things where you went, the narrative's there, Forrest go, they sat Moyes, 
And again, I, th- I think all these circumstances that are coming to when teams are, are, are playing Forest is playing into when it when the result doesn't go Forest way, it's it's massively inflating the disappointment. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think, that, and I think that's where the feeling is. And I get that. I think sometimes you can look at it a little bit black and white and go, well, at the end of the day, which maybe sometimes is what is right. You know, Forest got a point against Everton. We don't know how big it's going to be. It could be huge. Also, at the same time, when you're looking at the context of the three games we're looking at. Uh, two of them briefly, obviously, but looking at the contacts of those games, you go, maybe it is slightly disappointing that they've only come out with one point, regardless of the fact that you've got a point against Everton. Again, in the context of the three games, it's disappointing that you only got one. No, I agree with that. I do agree. And I agree with the pressure rising. And, and that's why it's so important that Forrest go and find something on the road. I think you just you touched it there in terms of Spurs. In terms of the hopes going into Spurs, I think given the fact that Forrest have had the away record that they have, you know, as fans, you always go to those games thinking, "Is it? Is it our afternoon? Is it? Is it? Is this the time that we kind of break that that duck, if you like, and and pick up another win on the road?" And <clears throat> it was the same as obviously the West Ham game. Obviously, David Moyes under pressure going to West Ham, Antonio Conte under pressure at Spurs. Obviously, dumped out of the Champions League in midweek, and you think, right, have a go at them, get into them, like literally get on the front foot, and if you can keep Spurs crowd quiet for the first 20 minutes grow into the game you just never know but but Forest was just slow again in this one they were really slow they were slow off the mark at West Ham which was their undoing um albeit kept kept it tight somehow until 70 minutes at West Ham this one was just it was one-way traffic from the off wasn't it and Forest got really lucky if you like in terms of the VAR decision that came to the rescue of the, the early goal from, from the offside. But they, I say they came to the rescue because, I mean, going down 1-0 after a couple of minutes, you, you feared for what, what could become then a really, really, really difficult afternoon. But I say rescued because the nature of that goal that was obviously ultimately disallowed, I mean, he wasn't as if he was a million miles offside, was it? It was given, it was a, it was a hairline split decision that was given. But the ball over the top, was just it was so easy to get in behind Forrest and, and finish that off. It was proper schoolboy defending, and you'd you know you'd think then that that would be right. Come on, we've got to step up. But it was just it was just that that pretty much I think set the tone for the afternoon. And Forrest just couldn't really lay a glove on Spurs. I thought at times in that game on Saturday, Forrest were were okay and they did have spells and they certainly had spells early in the second half. But you just felt that that throughout Spurs were really cruising, and if they had to go up a gear, that you knew that Spurs had it in them, didn't you? I, I I don't think we we tested them really. I don't think we really laid a glove on them, and I think that's the difference between Forest home and away. At home, Forest looked to get on the front foot and they looked to press the opposition. They're in people's faces. They're aggressive. The, the crowds there. They're behind. I feel like when we go away from home, I don't know whether it's a case of because we've had such a bad away record and, and the first half of the season has taken its toll. And obviously we go there, you know, we're going into games now, not not wanting to be aggressive or almost being overly cautious that we just don't get into teams. We don't get on the front foot. We look to go to, to places and we look to keep it tight and see if we can nick it. And I just, it, Forest have got to start for me showing some aggression and some fight because They've got to find points away from home. If they don't find points away from home, then I, I don't think they'll find the three points. That I don't think they'll find all of the points that there's 
required at home. So it, it's a bit of now or never for me. And after that international break, they've got Leeds away and Villa away. Villa are a good side, but they are they are two games that you've got to be targeting to get points away from home. So Brentford is also a very difficult place to go just after that. But is it the style of play, Tom? Is it, is it the approach? I mean, I suppose if we knew the answer, Steve Cooper would have fixed it by now. But it, it's, it's, it's definitely something in, in terms of how they approach games. Yeah, it's, it's so weird, I have to say. Like, um, I was having this conversation at work and, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know how you can be so much better. Everyone just goes, it, it's the crowd, it's the crowd. But, I mean, as, as good as our crowd is, I can't, I can't see it being that vast because it's the performances. You know, if you get your team over the line and getting a dodgy goal and, and that kind of thing, yeah. But, you know, when you're... You know, we've been we've put in some decent performances at home and, and then we're shipping four or five, six, whatever it is away and concede and scoring zero. I think it's got to be more than that. I mean, in every away game again, don't concede early. I mean, obviously, you know, the Spurs one was disallowed, but even when even when it was disallowed, he was kinda of like I mean, here we go. I mean West Ham they didn't concede early, he just decided to concede three in ten minutes, but um We've seen that before, but um, I mean, I think it's it's overly cautious because of the nature of the results. I think it, you know, that we've had so far. I think they're trying to go. I can remember early on in the season. Obviously, we were picking up some bad results, and and, and what Steve Cooper did was he, he took everything back to basics. And I feel like he's 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 picking things up a little bit at home because he feels like they've got that freedom too, and, and there's the confidence at home. But he's almost stripped everything back and gone gone completely back to basics away from home. That's not me blaming his tactics because I think, you know, I'll give both a bit of negativity and, and maybe a little bit of positivity. I think the the cautiousness and the the you know over cautiousness, I should say, away from home is is because of the injuries. Yeah. I think I think that's played a, a huge, huge part, especially because I think some of the the, the injuries that we've had would be huge players away from home in terms of the way that they play. I mean, no offence, but I think one of the main areas that you look at that is so, so passive away from home is in midfield. And I'm not trying to criticise individual players, but you could have something about you. And I feel like the likes of Ryan Yates and, and Coyote would offer something away from home that we've just not had now for, for quite some time because of illness and, and long-term injury. Um and and I feel like that's what we're almost resting on, you know, getting players back. There's obviously also the likes of Nikata in a one year, et cetera, et cetera, you know, to come back. And that's almost what we're resting on, on, on the results. But, you know, you don't want to rush them back too early. It's a real, it's a real difficult one. Um, you would hope the players that they, they'd already got, that, that, that have already been available, sorry, that, that they would be able to step up and, and work that out. But looking at the Spurs game specifically, I think we can all agree that midfield area was, and, and all the Spurs fans have agreed with me without me even saying anything. You know, they've all they've all gone. Jesus, your your midfield was just, just you know, like a bystander to watching the, the game. The midfield has been a problem, right? So the midfield has been a problem for for a couple of games, hasn't it? And um, it, it it performed well against City because we packed it with numbers. Um, and we went with one extra in there. I mean, you know, going to West Ham and, and uh, Everton at home with a midfield three of, of Colback, Freuler and Shelby, I mean, 
it's just not going to work. It'll work if you just want to sit deep and, you know, I suppose I was going to say compact, but they've shipped a hell of a lot of goals there um, with that midfield three. Uh, and obviously it was changed for Spurs, obviously Mangala coming in for Colback. But, you know, it, it doesn't work, does it? Because quite frankly, it doesn't have the legs. And I think Yates, when he came on, uh, you know, second half against Everton, really changed it up, really made a huge impact. And my God, have we missed Ryan Yates this year. And I, I genuinely think Koyate was was brilliant before the World Cup and and was brilliant in the game and a bit he played in the World Cup for, for Senegal as well. And I think he will genuinely, if they can get him back fit playing, I know he's trained this week. Some suggest he's actually been training for the last week and a half. If after the international break, Koyate is back, Yates is back, Kawani is back, Niakati is back, not saying that these guys are the saviour, by the way, because I don't think anyone's let us down. But having a bit more option and depth and, I suppose, different types of players in the squad is going to give Steve Cooper more options. So, you know, you need those options. You need different players for different oppositions. I think, annoyingly, when a one you got injured, he was having his best spell, wasn't he? And, and a one you being... And, 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 and look, if you go back to when a one year was playing well, we were questioning Steve Cooper at the time in terms of, why is he dragging a one-year out left and Johnson's going out right and it's kind of leaving Gibbs-White in the middle? But there's no coincidence in the fact that that was probably Morgan Gibbs-White's best spell and, and a one-year was causing all sorts of troubles down that left. You have to look at the Chelsea game and obviously Southampton where he was getting in and that, down that left-hand side and causing real big problems. I think there's, there's without a doubt, if everyone's fit, a one-year Gibbs-White and Johnson are our best three. And I would go as far to say when Koyate and Yates are back, that Yates, Koyate, probably Freuler, but I'm sure we disagree on that, would be our best midfield three. So there's players to come back. And, and and you know, I can't make a call on Nick Carter because I've only seen him for one game, and albeit not a full 90 against West Ham at home. But, you know, having another centre-half is, is, is ultimately going to be very pivotal for Forest, bearing in mind they've only got two fit at the minute. So I think that is the positive, isn't it? That is the positive in the fact that, that bodies are returning and, and and you would think and you would hope that that would give Forest a little bit of fresh impetus that other teams won't have going into that final 11 games post the international break. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I think um, you're right. I mean, in terms of the when Morgan Gibbs White has played best and, you know, one you being being, you know, involved in probably what is Forest's best from three. I think you look earlier on in the season when we were playing kind of about a proper striker because one year was probably still adapting and adjusting to, to the league. And, and that didn't work at that time. And there's no reason why it's going to work now. You know, you look at Spurs and you start to relinquish our Gibbs White Johnson and and you know, no offense to to Jesse Lingard, but Ultimately, that that front three together doesn't work because there's no outlet. There's no one that can do something slightly different. They're all trying to do the same thing, but none of them can do it all together. Like it's almost like you're just running into each other, or, or, or not. You know, none of them know where to run, where the other one's going to run, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that, that that will massively help. And I think obviously there's been quite a bit of criticism in terms of why Forest are getting so many injuries. But the simple truth of the matter is, is that when you get players that are new to this league, because Forest haven't bought a load of players that are used to the Premier League. Yeah, some of them have, and some of them have cut injured, like Lingard and Coyote and Henderson. 
Um, but you've brought in a load of players that aren't used to the Premier League, whether it be from abroad or, or lower lower league. And and ultimately they're having to adjust to the tempo and, and to the physical nature and 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 you know the fast paced nature of the league. And and they're and they're they're getting the, the injuries as a as a consequence of that because they're they're being involved. And obviously I'm sure Forest are trying to manage it the best way they can, but ultimately you want to play your your best team, especially when you're in a scrap at the bottom. Um, so yeah, that that will be a, a positive when Forest get those players back. They just now need to hope. You know, obviously Johnson's already picked up a knock, but I think you know that will only be maybe. You know whether it is one game he misses or not. Well, yeah, I, I shouldn't be so naive. Sure, I shouldn't be so naive. But you fall for it every time. Fall for it every single time. But you know, you you just got to hope that basically in this run of games after the international break, that that they can kind of get players back and not and then not start losing loads of players. Um, I know that sounds obvious, but what you don't want to do is you know Forest have had a bit of a bad spell of injuries come after the World Cup and maybe that's because it's been a tough run of games after a big pause for, for some players, especially Forest players. You know, they just need to hope now that they can get players back after a couple of weeks off and, and we go again with a almost fully fit. Forest really different though, Tom, are they? In terms of, like, I know obviously I've talked I said a minute ago about Forest getting fresh emphasis after the break because of the volume of players that are coming back. And they... But, but I think Forest are obviously in a position actually where they're going to have a lot of their injured players back at once. I think that's where the interest comes from. But there's a lot of squads in and around that bottom half of the table that have had injury problems. You only have to look at Leicester, our good friends down the road, you know, with the problems they've had with, with the likes of Harvey Barnes and Madison. You know, they're, it seems to be, we said this on the pod a while back, but it does seem to be a league where you do tend to pick up a lot more, I suppose, muscle strains. I think it's probably just maybe the pace of it and the break, like you said, actually the break probably didn't help anyone, did it, in terms of the stop-start nature of the season. But it is interesting. But yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I think Forrest will be better for it as long as the players can come back and and, and, and they pr- can prove their fitness and contribute. Just go back to the Spurs game, I suppose, quickly. Um, in terms of the goals that, that they gave away, obviously we talked about um, we talked about the goals that they gave away prior, prior to Spurs being goals that Forest could or should be stopping. The three that they gave away on on Saturday at Spurs were there was no worldies in there, was it? In terms of it was all very much it was just too easy if you like. Even the first goal, you know, it was too easy getting past the midfield. The second goal obviously was a, 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 a ridiculously bad challenge by. Joe Warren, I don't want to go in too much on, on Joe Warren that obviously he's taken some unbelievable stick um, this week for that for that one tackle. And 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 the, the third goal was actually good work from Warren the block, but between I think it was Aurier and uh I can't remember the who it was trying to challenge us, or Shelby, sorry. Between Shelby and Aurier made a right hash up of it. And it was just that that third goal was a bit of a killer because you know Forrest were two 0 down and you know, not free scoring away from home, but they're having a pretty good spell in the game there. And you felt again if Forrest could just nick one, at least get themselves back in, in, in foothold in the game. You just never know. And Forrest were were probably on top at that point, and and Spurs then get the third goal, and that's game over. And, and Forrest start to play from there. But all three goals, really bad goals to give away, weren't they? And they've got to cut that out. They've really got to cut that out. Yeah, it was just so so easy to cut through. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, if Forrest could have got a better foothold in the game, as we said before, this was another team where 
a manager was was potentially on the cars to get the sack or walk or whatever the Antonio, Antonio Conte show is at, at Spurs. But, um, you know, it was just so disappointing that the way that they just rolled over, it felt. Um, and the goals that they gave away, as you say, were, were so, so poor. And, you know, even when Forrest got back into it, you know, there was some praise for us getting back into it. But actually, I look back and I go, well, you know, Spurs were, were probably already kind of ready to kind of for the full-time whistle to yeah. blow at, at that point. Yeah. And, and that's not to say, I know that's quite easy to say. You can easily just go, oh, you, they were only better because the opposition were worse. But I do think they were just worse. That, that That's the thing when I'm watching it. I, I, there were some, you know, subs that came on that I thought performed um, that did, did make Forrest look a little bit better. I thought Andre, apart from the obvious, uh, the method. Terrible. The terrible penalty. He did well, been... I agree. It was a real surprise for me. Yeah. I mean, he's come on, to be fair, in the game since he signed, he has come on, and albeit for little cameos, and he's a Cooper favourite. You know he's coming on every single time. But um, I thought Saturday was his best performance in the Forest Year. Obviously, a more prolonged period that he was on the pitch for. But I, I thought he looked good. I thought he contributed. And if there are injuries in the side for... Friday, it wouldn't surprise me if Andre Ayo gets a call up. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, one hundred percent, I agree. And I thought, I thought he just looked active. He looked lively. Yeah, he missed the penalty. People wondering why he was taking it. Well, there's no one on the pitch who's going to be confident to take you it. You said to me in the stand, <laughs> White not taking this. I was like, Jesus, Tommy, you, you have seen Gibbs White take a pen, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, pretty important one that he missed. Yeah, I mean, Andre Ayo's penalty record is actually pretty good. Yeah, no, he just... missed his last one, didn't he? I didn't realise. Yeah. He missed his last one in the World Cup, so maybe. Well, he did, but I mean, before, well, before the last two. Of then well maybe we should just take him off yeah I mean maybe it's not right. it should just smashed it down well, a yeah exactly exactly but you know he, he played well but but apart from that it was just you know it just kind of felt like game over at that point you know what I mean I mean it, it was just this is it you know we're going back we're going back and forth on the same subjects but it's just you know that lack of bite in an away game in comparison to the home game you know Forrest were down in a home game they still have that bite you know, yeah, get it because there's not the, you know, the the, the mass amount of Forest fans across each side of the pitch, but um, you've got to offer a little bit more. You know, I get it, Spurs, and and they are a you know a, a top side in this division, but again, it goes back to context and circumstance. And going into that game, Spurs looked woeful in the games before that, and I still believe if Forest played better, they would have got something out of it. Forrest didn't play very well and quite conceivably could have walked away with a 3-2, which would have been bonkers given the context of what we sat and watched for 90 minutes. But I think you're right. And, and the thing that worried me a bit more about that is that I think Forrest were guilty at home and away at the start of the season, giving teams too much respect. They're still doing that away from home. They're giving teams far too much respect. And you've got to remember, we've already played Spurs twice this season. Played quite well against them in the league game at the start of the season. And, and yes, we're beaten 2-0, but Forrest performed very well on the day. And, and we played a pretty much full-strength Spurs side in the League Cup just before the uh, World Cup break uh, and played them off the park and beat them 2-0. So confidence should should have been there in the fact that they know that they could beat this Spurs side. This is a Spurs side with Oliver Skip in midfield. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a world-class Spurs side. Yes, they've got Harry Kane and, uh, you know, they've got Son in there as well. So, don't get me wrong, they have got good players. But 
this is the problem. I think Forest just are giving teams too much respect, and, and and I think they need to take a good look at that because they've got games at home against the likes of Man United and Arsenal that, that Forest are going to need to take points from. But they're going to go places away from home, and they're, they're going to need to put a shift in, and they're going to. And I and I don't mean that. I think Forest look. It's not through lack of effort that Forest start getting about the pitch here, but. It's about that mentality from the off. The, the high press has got to be there. You've got to be sensible with it, but they've got to be a little bit more aggressive in away games. It just boils down to that. What you want to see as a fan, when you go away from home, you want to see your team having a go. You want to see them being in the game. You want to see the, the likes, you know, Bournemouth went to Arsenal the week before and were really bloody unlucky. I mean, I've celebrated that goal a lot, but they were really lucky. They were 2 up at Arsenal and ultimately, yes, they lost 3-2. But they've gone there and they've given it a right bloody good go and they've given a good account of themselves. The thing that annoyed me most about that is I got a train home on my own on, on the way out of there. And there were Spurs fans on the whilst I was on the platform waiting for the train, talking about how Forest was one of the worst sides they've seen at their place for quite some time. That that's not what you want to hear. And and it was I, look, I don't think Forest were, were were that that bad, but you don't want that you know. Forest have got to be giving themselves a better account than that account themselves because Forest are a better side. They're a damn side better side than what they showed on Saturday, aren't they? They are for me. Maybe I'm blinkered, but Forest can perform away from home. They've just got to believe in themselves a bit more. Well, they need to show that, don't they? You know, away from home. I think um yeah, they've shown it at home. I actually don't think they have really shown it away from home. You know, I mean, we'll look at the Southampton game, but again, they're they're that they're, yeah, they're not great. Um, oh, no, you... been, uh, there's not a single game I, don't, I, I agree there's not a single game away from home I think Forest have given, us, given themselves a good account of themselves no and um, you know going back to you know what you're saying Spurs fans are saying again it goes back to the context because they think that they're not very good at the moment so for them to probably see see how, how well that they performed or you know the fact that they've come out of that game pretty unscathed in a pretty rubbish situation you would probably come away thinking God, they're, they're not good. Um, so it's a difficult one. You know, it's a really difficult one. I do think it is the putting a good account for yourselves. And um, and I think at the moment, Forrest just aren't able to do that away from home. And as you said before, you know, you come out of the international break and you've got Villa and Leeds. They're two away games that you have to, you have to put in far more of an effort, especially the Leeds one. You know, the Leeds one feels like a biggie. You know, again, we're speaking about everyone feeling the same way in terms of, Feeling under pressure and all feeling they're all they're all rubbish. All have their downfalls, you know. I think Forest home form is good, but their away form is dreadful. I mean, Everton, you know, struggles <laughs> seem to struggle at home in front of their own fans, but actually under Dyche are a decent away, which is maybe why you know going back that point might be a decent point. There's loads of different contexts behind it, all of the teams, um, and Forest have just got to hope that they can start picking up some points away from home after that international break. They've got to work hard on, on certain things in that international break, which I'm sure they will. Um, and, and I do think the injury thing will will help, but you've just got to hope that those players that come back can come back pretty quickly in terms of getting back into full, full swing of things, if you like. On a more positive note, we are at home this week, which is good. We like that. On a slightly more negative note, we are playing Newcastle. So, this is a fixture that you probably would have looked at at the start of the season and gone Newcastle at home just before the international break. Good opportunity to pick up a positive result. Newcastle have been under a weird spell, weird, weird patch of, of, of form recently, but 
played really well against Man City a couple of weeks ago. We were unlucky not to get anything from it. And obviously, you know, took three points against Wolves at home at the weekend. So they were, you know, they're on, I'd say coming into it on good form. Obviously, got something to play for, pushing for that top four place. This is a really tricky game. But Friday night, under the nights, it's going to be a cracking atmosphere. You know, obviously, the Geordies all travel in force and make some noise. Forest, as I say, the city ground for a night match is a special place to be. On Sky, um, it's, it's got all the hallmarks for a cracker, this one, isn't it? And, and yeah, I think any sort of points returned from this game will have to be seen as a positive. If Forest can get a point from this, yes, we want three. I've heard you loud and clear in terms of the, how important the home form is, but I think if Forrest get anything from this, it'll be it'll be a good point or points. I get why you're saying that, and I totally get it in terms of the quality of the opposition where they are on the table, and and going into the international break, you know, picking up a point, you know, would would still feel decent, but you know, I stick by the situation Forest have got themselves in. You know, Forest got themselves in this situation right at the start of the season, to be quite honest, because they shot themselves in the foot. There's lots of circumstances around that. Let's not forget, obviously, the amount of signings, bedding into the league. The Forest shot themselves in the foot at the start of the season, which meant they had to play catch-up. They did. You know, they played catch-up. They got themselves into a good position. They're still in a good position, 14th. But, obviously, what we've now seen over the last few games is that away form, and, and that shooting themselves in the foot. So now you, the pressure's on the home games. I think uh, I get I get why a point would be a good point. I think though that um, unfortunately, until you start seeing the away games pick up, you, you you have to be looking to win every single home game. But that is just the circumstance, you know. I, I'm I'm realistic about what what is possible, but you know what is a good result and what is a bad result has shifted, regardless of if you play. I actually do fancy Forest in this one. I, yeah, I, so I will I. hold my prediction until I see the team sheet, but I do actually fancy Forrest. If Brendan Johnson's fit and we mix up that midfield slightly, I, I still think Forrest have got a good chance. You know, Forrest at home are a match for anyone, as we've said, bar Man United in the League Cup. But <laughs> Man United in the League Cup and, and uh, you know, any other time we play Man United we're at home or away. That's true. That is true. Well, we've got one more chance to put that right, but let's fingers crossed. But I do fancy, I just think, I think it's made for it. I think if Forrest can get three points going into that, it'll put the right pressure. Playing on the Friday night as well, <clears throat> it'll put pressure on the games on the Saturday and over the weekend. Forrest would be in a really good place if, Forrest, if, if they could get three points. But I mean, in terms of the starting eleven, what what changes? I mean, obviously a lot depends on injuries and who's available for selection. But what, I mean, how do you set up for this one? I mean, the back four pretty much picks itself, and the keeper situation picks itself. I suppose it's midfield and forwards. What would you what would you mix up post Tottenham? You set up to try and get three points. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you go. You got you know, like you've got yeah. you've got to set up to go and win the game. You can't set up with a all point to be a nice result here. If For me, it's you, you know, you win the game and you get a point. Well, suck it up, take it. But, it's your midfield in your, in your in your front three. I mean, you don't have much much options in, in your back four, do you? Um, so I know that seems like an obvious statement, but you know, I, I don't think you should be playing a false false striker thing. You know, attacking midfield, a top three. You know, I mean, we don't know the situation with Johnson. Let's say he isn't fit. As Steve Cooper has said, even though I'm not sure I believe him, um, 
you know, maybe Ayu comes in, you play Gibbs White, and I would be tempted tempted to play Surridge, but whether that happens or not is a different thing. And your midfield is free, you can't be playing you can't be playing Shelby and Froyles together, you just can't. So so one of them has to be dropped, whether people think they're two of your best midfielders in the side or not. I don't want to see Shelby just picking up the ball and just constantly flicking it right and left and no one actually reaching it because uh, we don't have the players that, that can do that. Um, I don't want him to just be spreading it out all the time and it going out of play. I don't want Froyler to be next to him as a passenger. Um, I'd like to see some in midfield, some activity. I would like to see some movement. Um, people might think I'm being harsh. Again, the quality of the players maybe isn't the problem, but the combinations. Um, I'd like to see Danilo come in, but whether he thinks he's ready to come in or not is a different story. Um, so it's difficult. I mean, I'd love to see Ryan Yates start, but again, it, it depends whether he thinks he's fit enough. He, he, he played for, for the youth team uh, at the start of the week. So maybe that was preempting him to, to start in, in this one and maybe he gets subbed when Forrest uh, 3-0 up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, look, it, that midfield's so, so important. In every game, it's so, so important. Obviously, the midfield is important. The midfield's important in every... Regardless of who you're playing and what league you're in, but I feel in this league, it's been found out many times. And, um, again, I, like I said before, it's not necessarily the individuals. People might think I'm being harsh in terms of the quality of the individuals. I just can't... I can't... Certain combinations just do not work. And I don't want to see the same tactics you know Froyle and, and, and Shelby are, are naturally going deep um, but one's just flicking balls out wide as I said and one anyway we've got different opinions on the other but but um, yeah that, that midfield there needs to be some changes the, the, I agree the, I, yeah. I actually my midfield three if if Yates is fit to start would be Froyle Yates Danilo because I think Danilo I, I don't can't believe Danilo was brought he, he can't have brought Danilo in to play in that deep uh, playmaker role because he's bought Shelby in. So he's got Shelby and Freud as choose from in there. I feel like Danilo's been bought in for that legs and energy he can get about the pitch almost as a, a alternative to Coyate. So that for me was our best midfield three as I've said. Freud Yates, Coyate. Freud Yates and Danilo would start for me on Friday night. And then again up top Look, I'm going to presume that Johnson's fit for the time being because I don't want to pretend. I don't want to think about the fact that he might not be. Um, that is a whole different complexity to Forest attack. But Gibbs, White, Johnson, and and I'd like to see Sam Surridge start up there as well and just become a bit of a nuisance. And he's got that aggression, right? He's got the. Yeah, he's a brilliant finisher. Sam Surridge, but also he's got that ability to close down. He's a nasty. Well, I think I think what he does well that. That a lot of people don't talk about with him is that, and it was something that one you did better after the World Cup, was that he will happily be up top when he needs to be up top. But what he is also more than happy to, and he's still good at, is drifting out wide and putting in a ball in. You know, a lot of people don't really talk about that. That's one of the reasons why it worked so well last season when he came in, because he was able to drift, he was able to put a good ball in, he was able to be in the right position if that's where he needs to be. And Johnson's running out wide. But the problem you've got when you play with that false nine, attack midfield, whatever it bloody is, front three, is that none of them know where to be. So you, you need someone in there that knows whether it is his time to go out wide or whether it's time to run in the middle and, and try and find the ball. He's not been perfect in terms of finishing this season. That is the truth of it. But also, at the same time, you've not got an abundance of people that are good at finishing it currently. So you might as well go for the one that has proven himself at, at some sort of level 
and that is Sam Surridge. I agree. Right, on that note, let's I was gonna ask you a prediction, but let's end on a high. Uh let, let, let's end oh, on okay, a high. Okay, just assume my prediction's gonna be negative. Well, you're, so. you're miserable. So I'm gonna <laughs> move on. Um, as always, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to email us, you can get us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter at timeaddonpod or give our site a read www.timeaddonpod.wixsite.com forward slash home. We will be back at some point during the international break to look back at Newcastle and obviously preview the running. But everyone going to the match on Friday night, enjoy it. Let's hope for three points. Come on, you Reds.